We spend a lot of time talking about video games here. But what about the hosts? We're talking about Brendan. Hello everyone and welcome to 3VO where we're all on the same team. My name is Jordan. And I'm your other host, Brendan. <laughs> and if you're new here, we are just two big old nerds that absolutely love video games and love talking about them. So if you like us, share that same love and this is definitely the place for you. Today we're going to be running things a little bit different than we normally do. We're not talking about video games directly as much. We'll get more to that later. But first off, Brendan... We're in person we're for in the first person. time. We're real. <laughs> this is amazing. I feel so I, good. I cannot tell you how nice it is to actually be in the same room and collaborate with you on things together. It's been <laughs> so nice. We've, we've, we've done, just, just for clarity, we've done a couple other things other in person. Things. <laughs> we're, we're not going to say exactly because I think I want to keep it a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Under wraps <laughs> a little bit. Under wraps a little bit. But it's, and, and obviously, we're both vaccinated. We've both been of following course. proper protocols and shit like that, so... This is this is as good as it can be for us to be able to be in person. <laughs> but also, my favorite thing is I can just touch Brendan now, which is so nice. So nice. When I first got here, I think we hugged for like a minute. And a, a solid half minute. And it, a was, half. it was really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that though, how are you? You doing good? Everything's been... great. Yeah, you know, it's um, you know, just speaking of COVID and just things becoming more safe. Mm -hmm. Um, things are starting to opening up, starting to open up again, which is very nice. Um, but my rock gym, my bouldering gym is open again, so I've been climbing a lot more, which Very is nice. really nice to get back into that, um, lose some of my quarantine weight, <laughs> um, and, and just started getting strong again, you mm -hmm. know, and diving back into that. So that's been really nice. How about you? Good. Um, I, I was in a very lucky position pre-COVID where I was already signed up for, uh, the Beachbody program online. Oh, yes. We're not sponsored or anything, by the way. Just <laughs> Although... Uh, beach body. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against it. Call us. <laughs> if you want this to be your representation online. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this. Yeah. But so I had that going going into COVID. So mm -hmm. I was already fairly equipped for like trying to stay at least mm -hmm. a little bit active when shit mm -hmm. went down. So I at least had that. But having like bars and restaurants and just like places mm -hmm. to go to again, opening up and feeling mm -hmm. relatively safe going back into that environment. It's, I haven't gotten out, out yet, but like, it's been nice just knowing that just like there's options out there again. Yes, absolutely. But then again, the biggest thing is being able to do this yes, in person. Absolutely. Zoom was nice. You know, it, it served us well. It served us well. It absolutely was it enabled us to be able to do something like this mm -hmm. and fairly easily do something like this. Yeah, absolutely. But this is so much better. So much better. And I love yeah. our newscaster setup now too. Oh yeah, absolutely. We really look like we're going to be reporting news live from the three BO yeah. desk. <laughs> Unfortunately, as usual, we'll be bringing you no relevant information. Not it's a bit. Just going to be. <laughs> Not at all. Nothing. Not at all. <laughs> well, now we know what Brendan's been up to, but who is Brendan really? We're going to be doing things a little bit differently today. I'm going to be conducting an interview of sorts with Brendan. I've got some questions here for him. He hasn't seen any of these questions. Most of them sort of relate to something video game e ish, um, but some are a little, uh, some are a little bit outside of it, and some of his more personal, uh, different interests into his personal life. Nothing too personal. I'm not going to get like deep into this shit with you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've just got a series of questions that I'm going to ask you and just answer them to the best of your ability. Excellent. So. I'm terrified. <laughs> yes. I did go crazy. It's not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to catch you in anything I'm like that. I'm still worried. 
Fair enough. So, uh, without further ado, yes, are you please. ready to dive yeah, into this absolutely. thing? Absolutely. All right. So, let's go ahead and get started here. <clears throat> so, anyone familiar with you on the podcast or in real life uh, would probably assume that at least one of your favorite games is probably the Legend of Zelda I series. Mean, that's a fair assumption. <laughs> so. And it, it's one that that I kind of missed growing up. Mm-hmm. So can you try to explain, at least for you, what it is about this game series that has sort of captured you since, like, it came out in the 80s, basically? Yeah. Um, so I obviously wasn't playing it in the 80s right, <laughs> so when it came obviously. out. Um, so the first Legend of Zelda title that I had was Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. which um, I think came out around ugh, 95. Don't quote me on that. Maybe 97? Um, but I was a very young child. Um, and my father, I think, came home with it just kind of randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I fell in love. It was so cool because it was the first kind of game and it was for the Nintendo 64. So, and that was still like really pretty new to me. Um, but it was like really open world and it felt like you could go anywhere and do anything. And up until that point, I had been playing games like Super Mario 64, which kind of felt like open world E, mm-hmm. like it was getting there. But Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time really felt like, yeah, you just go. Like once the world opens up, you mm-hmm. can go anywhere and do anything that you want, really. Um, obviously with some like, you know, railroading um, <laughs> and storytelling. It was an early game. It was maybe like a er, gigabyte right. of like, damn. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um but that's what really drew me in. And then it was like a high fantasy um, type of world. And the storyline was compelling. And, you know, getting all of these different items and using them to defeat different opponents mm-hmm. and solving puzzles. Like, it just all, like, every aspect of it fit together so nicely for me. And it really, I don't know, it scratched an itch that I had as a kid. Because it was a video game. It was fun. There was a story involved. There was puzzle solving. So there was just a lot that drew me in. And then after that, every Zelda title, I think, has delivered on all of those things every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really what pulled me in um, and and has kept my love of the Zelda game strong all nice. these years. Nice. Yeah. So going off of that... Um, you hear stories about what kind of gets referred to as the, the Nintendo polish across, like, all the major Nintendo titles and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Just sort of that thing that just, like, it gets talked about of, like, all Nintendo titles sort of have, like, an element to them that makes them, quote-unquote, like, almost perfect as a game, mm. arguably. And it's something that, like, gets talked about in terms of, like, Nintendo was very clear about, like, here's how you make a Zelda game or here's how you make, mm. like, a Mario game. And these are the things that have to be included in whatnot. Uh-huh. And they're held in such a high regard that... There's that story about the developer during uh, one of the E3 conferences um, when they made that um, rap, uh, Raving Rabbits Mario crossover thing. I don't know mm. if you heard about it a lot. Mm, yeah. There's that famous clip of the dude being told by Miyamoto, hey, you made a great Mario game. And he's so overwhelmed, but he starts crying at E3. It's it's a really, really sweet moment. But um, I'm just curious then, from again, from your perspective, um, what is it about these quote-unquote children's games that mm. do still hold people's attentions even like as an adult? Like, even though technically you have aged out of the demographic for the games. Technically, right. just speaking. Uh, I I'm, not, I'm not trying to insult, <laughs> I, I am not trying to insult <laughs> Nintendo or the games that people play. I'm just saying that, like, on a technical level, these are children's games. But mm-hmm. they still keep people's attentions like you and a lot of other mm-hmm. adults. Mm-hmm. It's a really great question. Um, thank you. It's, it's kind of hard to put my finger on, like, what 
is it because there's a lot of different aspects kind of like i outlined in the, mm-hmm. in, uh, the first question um that do draw people in for a lot of people i think it's that like puzzle solving aspect right uh for a lot of people it's kind of like rpg light aspect that i think is really um compelling because it makes it easy to pick up you know mm-hmm. and it makes it like the barrier to entry for a zelda title is a lot lower than an like the barrier to entry for like um like a jrpg or something that has like a stat system mm-hmm. or turn-based combat you know um having it be um like have no stats in in any zelda title really um like as far as the character goes like yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. ingrain there's no like attack stat defense stat, like things like that um taking that out and making it action-based combat uh, or action timed combat, whatever you want to call it, I think that makes it so easy to pick up for people mm-hmm. um, because you don't have to learn a whole other like style, you know, or like how to fight, learn the strategy of turn-based combat or, oh, should I max out my HP? Should I, you know, lower my defense? Like whatever, you know, all yeah. of that, all of that clutter that can sometimes make a game unenjoyable, it's all taken out. Yeah. Um, and what you're left with is, oh, I'm a guy and I just get stronger, you know, as I pick up, you know, extra items in dungeons or I learn the controls a bit better or I learn more skills, you know, things that are um, a lot easier to pick up as a player. And I think that's one of the biggest things. There's sort of like an intuitiveness to it. That like you pick yeah. it up and you kind of can figure out like here's, exactly. how, here's the mechanics and here's how this works. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's never, I mean, of course there's going to be people who are like very, very good at Zelda titles, mm-hmm. but there's not going to be that disparity where there's like, you know, people who are really, really good at like Final Fantasy games versus people who are like, like if I picked up a Final Fantasy game, I would be like, what the hell is going on? Right. You know? Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> um, um, to not have all of that clutter of, like, stat systems, item systems, or, like, even skill systems to a certain degree um, makes it a much more approachable game. Right. Nice. I like that. Yeah. So, Brennan, where does the nickname Hermione come from? Oh, my God! <laughs> oh, my gosh! That's not video game related. Nope. Uh, let's... <laughs> I told you, not all these are going to be video game related. Oh my gosh. So, uh, my friends, yourself included, Mm -hmm. uh, affectionately started calling me Hermione because I'm partially an insufferable (laughs) know-it-all. It's all, nope, we're good. I just want that on camera. (laughs) That's all you wanted from me? Cut, we get into podcast now, we're done. (laughs) This interview is over. (laughs) Podcast over, this is all I wanted. Oh my god. Just all into this. Oh my no, 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 goodness. Um, so, yes, uh, my group of closest friends calls me Hermione, and it's affectionate, and I know that. Um, because I uh, I have big Virgo energy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Something a bit more flattering now. Oh, <laughs> a bit <you>. nicer. <laughs> so, you are a man of many talents. Um, but, most of, but, but I think most who know you would assume that probably one of your biggest passions is dance. Yeah. Um, could you give us like maybe what was something about, it's like your favorite thing about dance, um, whether it's something about the art itself or something about the community? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean the community, the dance community is really cool and, and, and insofar that I am in like a casual, uh, dance circle. So I can only speak on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about like the professional world when it comes to dance and that could be very different, but the casual dance circle and the community that I have is 
awesome, excellent, love them to death. Um, we do it because we love it and mm-hmm. not because we're trying to be like the best or, you know, have the highest leap, the most turns or anything like that. Like it's, it's, it's much more, uh, community based. It's a lot more supportive. Um, and that's definitely one of the things I like about dance quite a lot. Um, what also, uh, like draws me to dance is because it's really good exercise. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And with like traditional exercise, like going to the gym or being on a treadmill, working out, whatever, um, I stop having fun before I get tired. And with dance, I get tired before I stop having fun. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah, that makes so, sense. like, it's, I, I can go for, like, hours and hours and hours, you know, doing dance, you know, doing rehearsals, like, mm-hmm. like at Cal State. Shout out to uh, the university <laughs> dance company. Um, but, you know, I can go, like, all day, and it'll be, like, the last session, be like... Oh, I'm really tired. And then I'll realize, like, oh, I've been tired for a while. Right. Like, I just didn't care because like, I was having been, too much fun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've been, like, running on fumes for a mm-hmm. while now. Um, and you don't realize until you sit down, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's my favorite part about dance. <laughs> now, is there anything, and we could just skip this if you don't want to get into this, but is there anything about the art style itself or maybe the dance community that kind of drives you a little nuts? Um... Something that drives just me nuts personally is that there's like always somebody that's better than you. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, I mean that, I mean that in like somewhat of a good way too, yeah. you know, cause there's always something to like aspire to, you yeah. know, there's always, um, but I mean, it's a, it's like a double sword. It's a good thing too. You know, like you might be really good at like one particular like trick or style or something, but there's going to be somebody else that like maybe can't do that as right. well as you, but they'll have like a really good freeze or, you know, their isolations are really good or their extension is really good. So there's, there's balance, you know, there's always like something that someone's better than you at, but that yeah. also means there's probably something you're also like good exactly. at. Exactly. Someone looks at you and goes, oh, I wish I could do that. Exactly. Exactly. There's always room for improvement yeah. somewhere, yeah. you know? I like that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, back to video games for a little bit here. Um, we've talked about on this before, and anyone, anyone who knows us from the podcast knows that you and I are all about the story-driven games. Yes. What do you think, personally, is one of the best stories that's been told in a video game format? Mm, one of the best stories? That's a really good question. Um, I mean, Bi- Bioshock comes to mind, because that story is really, really interesting and really, mm-hmm. really cool and compelling. Um, I'm trying to think of, like any one-off video games that are just like by itself tells a good story um it doesn't doesn't have like a like a long sequel uh or like sequels to it well even if within that you think that just like if there's like a zelda title that you think is like this one kind of nailed like a perfect story to me that's fine too Hmm. this is you personally so (laughs) um i'm trying to think um it's a really good question. We might have to. I might have to vamp for time here. <laughs> we might need a, of an answer. <laughs> we might need a transition here. I mean, for me, I would say coming to mind for me would be stuff from like Telltale because those are purely story driven. Those so stuff like that for me games. would be like yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I've played any other of the Telltale games because I think it's only. Uh, the Wolf Among Us that I've played, which don't get me wrong, is excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know that I would call it like the best story <laughs> right. ever told, though. Um, I mean, the Zelda titles as a whole are like a never-ending kind of story, right? Um, which isn't that a perfect story? One that never ends. <laughs> you didn't have to like completely <laughs> the camera when you made that answer. Oh, yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Um, 
I'm I'm coming up short with really anything else. You're um, fine. That, that's fine. It's just like Zelda as a whole. Yeah, I think they tell really really good stories each mm-hmm. individually, and then and then of course when you like look at the timeline, check out our timeline video. Um, they like stack nicely with each other too. That's true. No, I can appreciate that. That like individually it goes it go it does great by itself. Mm-hmm. But if you add the context of the whole thing, yeah, it still the, works really. The, well. Like the sum of its like it's greater than the sum of its parts. I think. Yeah. yeah there yeah, you yeah. go. Yeah. I could see that. Um, also for anybody who really knows you personally knows that you're a fairly avid reader. Is there a book you would like to see adapted that you think would do well adapted into a video game? <gasps> Ooh, into a video. Ooh, that is a great question. Ooh, okay. I have to think now. <laughs> Cause I thought you were going to ask like, what book would you like to see turned into a movie? Oh, no, 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 I no. I have no, an no. answer for that. I would like a remake of the book thief. Thank you. Um, but, okay. So like a book series or a book. I guess it could be a series too. Or series, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm Definitely. gonna, I'm gonna say a series. Okay. Um, and it's kind of more like, like younger than young adult series, but okay. it's a good series. There's like a ton of books that you could do. Um, a lot of different video games are like squish them together. You could probably squish them together because so I'm, what I'm, the book series I'm talking about is called the Edge Chronicles. And, and you probably haven't heard of it. It was kind of like a a sleeper series of books, but basically it takes, um, like lots of different characters and each character gets like three books, but all of the books take place in the same world. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and there's lots of different like regions in this world. So there's this big forest and then there's like these twilight woods and then this long spans of like deserty space. Okay. And then like a big metropolitan city and then a floating city that's above that city where all of like the scholars and the elite live. So there's like all of these different like areas and regions. Um, but it has a lot of like rich, um, detailing in it like a lot of like the like different types of animals and trees and things are talked about and each different region is like very nicely explained okay to the reader um so i think that that could make a really cool uh series of games because you can follow different characters yeah. through their different books and their adventures um while exploring these really big cool um environments yeah it sounds like it's kind of tailor-made for like exploration yeah. and checking out different yeah i think it's really cool and there's some really cool creatures that exist in the space nice um that would be really cool to see like kind of come to life you know and like start coming after you any ones that pop to mind immediately yeah there's this um there's this i can't remember the name of it this it's been a long time since i've uh read the books but there's this one creature that is like leathery and black and it's got big wings and basically when it gets you it like puts you into like this um not like web but like this like sticky um like like stomach acid type of type of cocoon thing and then it hangs you off of a tree and waits for you to liquefy so that it can come back and suck you up yeah 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 that's awesome though yeah okay yeah i could totally see that all right Switching gears a little bit here back to just, like, your other interests. Um, what would you say was the... I think I know the answer, but I'll ask it anyway. <laughs> what would you say was the bigger bucket list role for you? Was it the White Rabbit in the adaptation of Alice in Wonderland? Or was it Mark Cohen from Rent? Mark Cohen from Rent. I figured it out. <laughs> Mark Cohen from Rent, hands down. Yeah, oh, I, my gosh. <laughs> I... I stayed up that night, the night that the uh, casting list went up. I think we all did. I stayed up. I think we all did. <laughs> and it was pretty late when it went up, if I remember correctly. Um, and I remember going, like, I was, like, waiting on my phone, like, waiting for it to come up. And I saw it, and I was like, yes! And then I went, like, passed it out. Um, 
the White Rabbit is like such a close second though. Mm-hmm. Um, because our adaptation of Alice's Adventures Through Wonderland was so special to me. It was such a cool thing. It was such a such a cool project. Um, that we got to do twice. Um and getting to play like I felt honored to play the yeah. White Rabbit, you know? More so than like Mark Cohen. It, it, how do I put it? It was different. Like yeah. with Mark Cohen, I felt like I really like put my ass out there and like worked mm-hmm. on it and like I earned it. Like I feel like I achieved something. But yeah. like with the white rabbit, I knew I could do the role. I would I just felt honored to get it. You know? It was <laughs> to, it was like, a privilege to get asked to do something yeah, like that. Exactly. Whereas like Mark Cohen is like you were gunning for that. Yeah, role. I was like really hoping and crossing my fingers and yeah. really trying to get that role. But gotcha. White Rabbit was more like, I know I can do this. I just really hope I can do yeah. it. <laughs> is there anything else on the list of things that you haven't done yet that you're that, like, to to, yeah. To, uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm young enough still, but I really want to play Peter in uh, Bear, uh, a pop opera. I could still see you playing Peter. Oh, shucks. I think you can still do it. I think you can still sweet. do it. Uh, but I am about 10 years too old for that role. Well, then I'm fucked too. Because if you're too old for that, then I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I look pretty young if I shave my face, but I mm-hmm. also look a little haggard. <laughs> His words, not mine. <laughs> Definitely, definitely Peter, uh, in, in Bear. Um, also, um, Jeremy from Be More Chill. I don't know Are you familiar with that? No, don't know that one. The, uh, the quick version is there's this, like, dweeby nerdy kid in high school and he gets, like, picked on and stuff. Of course. Um, and he has, like, this best friend, Michael, and they're, like, really tight. Um, but he's like, wow, I wish I could be more popular. Um, and one of the other popular kids is like, you could be more cool if you take this pill. And it's like a pill that has a little computer in it. Oh, okay. And it lodges itself in your, in, in your brain and tells you what to do to be more cool. Yeah. Um, and you can like see it visually. It, like per- It's like personified in front of the character. Okay. And then it goes postal and it starts to like um, link, link up with other people's computers in their brains and it tries to take over the world. Right. It's very silly, but it's very good. Interesting. <laughs> I like it though. Yeah, it's really cool. Okay, cool. All right, so circling back to video games here. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of discussion in the gaming community as of late about representation in mm-hmm. video games. You know, mm-hmm. straight, grumbly white guys have kind of had their due in games for a while. <laughs> Is there any kind of representation you personally would kind of like to see more of in video games? I mean, all of it. We need all of it. Mm-hmm. We need more, you know, people of color. We need more um, LGBTQ representation. We need more... Um, disabled representation like we just need it all like there's a lot of normative characters and yeah. i think we've seen it all i i think i think we could do more yeah we do better yeah you know i'm, I'm with you on that <laughs> i'm totally with you on that um so, and again within the community there's always discussions and you could argue for days with people about titles that are underappreciated is there any title that you can think of that you personally don't think got, got enough love when it came out or hasn't gotten the love that it deserves mm, like an unsung like, kind of an unsung, yeah, unsung yeah, yeah. title interesting i mean probably i played a lot of video games in my time <laughs> um i'm trying to think of the, if there's one like from maybe when i was younger um that like not a lot of people like something like you played and you were something like that i love this why did nobody like, else like exactly. this exactly yeah. um and and I think I used to feel that way when I was a kid. This is kind of what I've figured out as I've gotten older, mm-hmm. is that, like, I played some games that in my circle when I was younger, nobody else was playing. Um, but also, 
like the community, like the video games and like the internet, and it, like it hadn't taken off yet, mm-hmm. right? So it was more isolated. So like if my ten people in my same grade didn't know a thing, the world didn't know. Well, a obviously, thing, yeah, you know? for sure. so um. But as I've gotten older, I've like discovered in you know being part of a, a larger community now that like that silly game that I thought I only played when I was a kid, everybody played. Like, Sonic Adventure 2. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, Like, everybody played that. That was a super popular game. I thought I was weird and that I was the only one that knew what that game was. You know? So, it's, um, it's hard to say. I was definitely one of the only kids playing the Zelda titles when I was growing up. Really? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so on a personal level as a kid, that was one that was... You mm-hmm. didn't really have anybody around you. Oh, no. Not at all. Not so much all. the title itself is, un- is underappreciated, but that, like, you didn't really have yeah. anybody else around that Truly. could appreciate it with you. Mm-hmm. I feel that, too, because I was definitely, like, a kid who liked playing video games as a, when I was younger a lot, and that wasn't, like... Especially my family. Like, mm-hmm. I have a very active family, so mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of other people who could be like, did you play this? And it took me until yeah. like high school until I was flying around people that were yeah. like, no, no, yeah, I no. love Metal Gear Solid. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Same same total experience for me. Like, elementary school, it was like, I thought I was playing a cool, like, secret indie game that, like, right. not, not everybody that knew about. Um, you go, but it's like, everyone played Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now it's like, oh, yeah, you turn around and there's a Zelda freak. Like, right. Yeah, like, yeah. Nice. Okay, I like that though. <laughs> so, um, kind of going, going, going a different direction again a little bit here. So, I've had multiple opportunities to work with you outside of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, and I don't remember the name of the show itself, but it was the dance show where this is going to make sense to anybody else but us. But it was the dance <laughs> show where. We had the piece done to the show that was the Justin Timberlake's as suit and tie song. Yes, yeah. And you and you got tasked for one of the days of rehearsal to just teach me and a bunch of other bumbling fools how to do the choreo. And to this day, I've, and, I, and I still talk about the people, that to this day I've always been impressed with your ability to sort of break down the moves for people oh. who aren't trained dancers oh. in a certain sense. Well, thank you very much. And, I've always, <laughs> and in a way that wasn't like, you know, condescending or made us feel bad or anything mm-hmm. like that. So... I'm just curious if you could have anything that's like just like general Brendan Hampton advice for anyone who's interested in getting involved in dance. Do you have anything like that you could give to somebody? Well, thank you. That's a great question. Um, My advice would be just like, don't be scared. It's never too late to try something new or pick something up that you've never tried before it's never too late no matter how old you are like just go out and, and try it and also and this is like like i need to take out like a piece of my own advice here when i say this but like you don't have to be the best at the thing um and that's really hard for some folks to come to terms with like oh if i'm not the best at this thing that i'm trying then like what's the point of doing it if you enjoy it that's mm-hmm. reason enough to do it like you know, I'm never going to be like a principal dancer in the New York City Ballet. It's not going to happen for me, but I love doing ballet and that's good enough reason to do it. Um, and also just dance in general. And that totally, you know, trickles down into any skill or craft or anything that you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. I like that. So on the podcast, you and I always talk about um, how emotionally compelling video games can be. Um can you think of an example where you felt the most moved emotionally by something in, in a video game? Mm. Whether it just be just like a moment in a story, just like or something involving the characters, or even if it was just like something funny or something like that that kind of sticks with mm. you, you know? I'm trying to think. Um, I'm trying to think of like a, a video game has ever made me cry. I'm sure 
I'm sure that there are. Um, I know that Breath of the Wild definitely made me cry. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of those memories with, like, Princess Zelda. I could see that, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's just, like, tragic. Yeah, it really, really it is. Really that game did a really good job as far as, like, I don't know. I don't want to say, like, making it adult, but just, like, definitely taking, like, the emotional depth of a lot of those moments and, like, yeah. really, really rolling with it. Yeah. Because, honestly, everything, every Zelda title before Breath of the Wild had a little, like... I don't want to say it was like emotionally stunted, but I feel like it was like kind of emotionally safe. It was like, you know, nothing bad's going to happen. Like, yeah, we might, it might be high stakes for a minute there, you know, uh, but like, it's going to be fine. And this one, it was like, no, like bad stuff happened and people mm-hmm. were upset. And like it took it took Zelda, the character, to a particularly um, emotional place, yeah. especially with her trying to like connect with her powers and um, just like feeling like a failure yeah oh yeah i get that okay that's good um every gamer has like their breaking point with a game to where there's just there's just something in it that just like no matter how much they try they're just like i can't i can't with this fucking game anymore Mm -hmm. um what 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 for you is just like a non-starter for a game like in general yeah just like in general just like (sighs) no i'm not gonna keep playing this i can get frustrated or like put something down when um there's like too many things to do yeah like yeah, yeah if yeah. you give me like like skyrim almost does this a little bit i know exactly, you know what what you mean. I know exactly what you mean there's almost too much to do too much like freedom yeah and if i have like 20 side quests and a main quest or two to go do i'm like no i'm overwhelmed i can't do this yeah like, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's overwhelming, and I also feel like from to, 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 for me, there's also like Mass Effect is a good example of having it all sort of feel like it's all tied in together. Mm-hmm. Whereas with something like a Fallout or a Skyrim, they're great games, and I do play them, and I mm-hmm. love them. Mm-hmm. It all feels like all right. So here's your main quest, and then here's a bunch of just like other stuff other you can go to. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Which I totally get why somebody would would love that, but just like I yeah. get you. For me, I also feel like it's overwhelming. I'm just like, mm-hmm. guys, I'm kind of trying to save the world here. I'm not gonna go collect all fifty acorns like. <laughs> Yeah, I had that problem with um, the first Assassin's Creed game when I okay. actually sat down and started playing it. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, here's your main quest. Oh, and now the city's opened up. And there's like a hundred of these things to collect and a hundred of these things to go collect and like all of these cities to go explore. Have fun. I was like, oh, no, I'm a completionist. I want to do everything. And if you give me too much, I will do nothing. Yes. <laughs> all is, in or all out. That's exactly. That's pretty much... <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, switching gears here again a little bit. Um, everybody, a- every artist that I know, no matter what their discipline is, has their own little rituals that they do for, like, warm-ups or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything in particular when you get ready for a performance or even just the podcast itself that you like to do before you get set to go? Um, uh, for the podcast, like, some vocal warm-ups, you mm-hmm. know, some, like, just, like, stretching my mouth, like, getting that ready. Um, that's kind of really basic. Like, that's that's on the lower end of things. Um, but for, like, a show or a performance, uh, my ritual is, like, putting some headphones in and listening to some music while I do my stage makeup. Because mm, okay. that is, like, very ritualistic to me in that it's, like, helping me, like, kind of come into the moment and, like, check in with my body and, and then the whole process of actually, like, putting on your stage makeup, um, which is actually quite... Like, quite a bit. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I never thought about, like, taking that as, like, a ritual in and of mm-hmm. itself. That's always just felt very, like, this mm-hmm. is just part of, like, the process to me. Right, right. Um, And and for some people, that's, like, not what they do to focus in. But mm-hmm. I think it's a really great moment because 
because you should be doing particularly your makeup the same way every night <laughs> um so if you make it like a like a like a step yeah like you know a list of steps that you have to complete um it can be very focusing and very grounding yeah uh to do that and then it it helps you tune in and it just helps you like bring your attention to what you're doing in the moment yeah you know i like that though just yeah. just like because for me makeup has always been such a chore like I, it's a very important oh, part I of the see. process but it's always been such a chore for me i see maybe if i switch my gears on that and how i think about maybe. it that might work out better yeah i really like putting on stage makeup honestly right. i i like seeing the transformation especially if you're playing something fun like the white rabbit right <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah that is you know totally different from like a mark cohen you oh know? Yeah, yeah yeah um and can come with its own set of frustrations um but yeah no seeing seeing the transformation or seeing like your features come into shape and like seeing yourself ready Mm -hmm. um i mean it's like putting on new skin you know yeah (laughs) i like it though just speaking of like rituals and stuff like that so something else that you and i sort of have in common is we love cooking yeah and we like looking up new recipes and trying Mm -hmm. out new stuff but um because I struggle I've had this question myself too was just like which part do you think is actually the part you enjoy most about cooking is it the ritual of cooking itself or is it getting to eat the food Uh, obviously eating the food is a big (laughs) part of it but Uh, secret third option my favorite part of cooking is giving the food to other people oh okay (laughs) like a hundred percent and i have my whole family to blame for that (laughs) so it's more about like getting to see other people and how much they enjoy absolutely absolutely and like especially with your when you're living with somebody and you're learning their likes and their dislikes and um trying new recipes and you're like yeah i think they'll like this like and then just kind of going out and doing it putting it all together and then finding out like yeah they do like it that Mm -hmm. is so satisfying nice you know okay yeah um i have i have a southern family uh right so my nana super southern always cooked for like an army of people Mm. um my dad followed right in her footsteps and we had an army of people. Right. <laughs> so, um, and like every, not with COVID, but like every, every couple of years we'll have a big, um, Southern style, uh, seafood boil. And oh, we've yeah. got, there's, we've got the, my grandpa has these two big ass stock pots, biggest you've ever seen, seen in your life. Huge, They're like, humongous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they get filled with, all sorts of seafood, like crab and um, shrimp and, like, whole uh, onions, whole heads of garlic, lemon, like, the whole nine yards and, like, jars and jars of crab boil. Um, and then we do the whole thing where we spread out the newspaper yeah. and we dump it out oh. across and somebody's made garlic bread and there's, like, lobster rolls and, yeah. I want to so, I, I want to do a seafood. I want to do one of those oh, one of these days. It well, sounds like yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll try to get you to the next. Let's one. do it. Yeah, because <laughs> there's always room for one more. You know, right. there's like that's that's kind of my family's thing. Right, I like yeah. it. And then, is there like any particular recipe that you really just like? Just like you as Brendan, I love making this thing. There's a lot of things that I really really like making. Okay. Um, one in particular um that I enjoy making is a really simple um spinach artichoke dip. Um, Mm -hmm. it always comes out great. It is super easy to make, especially in an instant pot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you don't, I don't even use a pressure setting or anything for it. It's just convenient to cook it in the instant pot. Um, you can add chicken to it and then it becomes a lot more hearty. Um, you can kind of eat it on bread as like a meal. Um, 
but it's I, like there's nobody that's tried the spinach dip that hasn't liked it. Nah, so, yeah, no, I'm so not a big I, fan of spinach dip, and yours, your shit's oh, well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really like making that. Plus, it's special because it's not something you have like all of the time. You know? Right, it's not like, true, true, true. It's not like spaghetti and meatballs or something. Yeah. Okay. And okay, so back to video games here yeah. for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're we're almost done with the main questions. <laughs> oh no, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so every gamer, obviously, we've talked about your favorite games and your favorite mm-hmm. series and whatnot. Um, I feel like everyone also has that series that they see that everybody else loves, and they understand that they like it, but they themselves just like can't quite get behind it. Mm-hmm. Is there any series out there that just kind of like I see that you love it, <laughs> I just can't quite find my way to get behind it? Yeah. Uh, I I don't think so much like now or like with current games. I kind of have a a beat on everything that's happening right now, and I kind of understand and could see myself playing just about anything that's popular right now. Mm-hmm. But when I was like a a young teen. Um, it was Halo. <laughs> I did not understand the appeal at all. Gotcha. <laughs> or like Call of Duty, like those style of games. Just like the first person, like militaristic kind of shooters. I was just like, eh, eh. Yeah, I can't really see you getting into those. No. Although we had we had we had a moment where we we played a Halo. <laughs> we didn't play the game properly, but we played right. Halo for a bit there. Yeah. I mean, that's a bit different. When you're playing with friends and you're like, you true. know, just trying to blow the crap out of each other. It's true. That's one thing. There's but... still some great nights, though. Those, those oh, are yeah. still <laughs> a blast. Might need to return to that at some point. Ooh. <laughs> um, so to, to switch gears one more time again, mm-hmm. um, in that vein, I feel like everyone who's a musical theater geek also has that one show that everyone else seems to love, but they cannot stand. What is your least favorite musical? My least favorite musical. Great. um i don't like a lot of the golden age of musical theater stuff but i don't feel like that's a weird opinion to have you know yeah like i'm i'm not sitting down to watch like oklahoma (laughs) same (laughs) like a lot of those i'm like i appreciate they're they're here Mm -hmm. they made the step they're the stepping stones but now like guys we're here you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Rod Hamilton now. Can we, like, please? Yes. Um, maybe a more current answer would be something like Anastasia. I don't know if okay. you caught any of that. I saw some of it, and I, like, within the first ten minutes, I was like, oh, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I know the cartoon movie. Which is amazing. Which is delightful, but I do know that the actual Phenomenal. musical is very, very different. It's a little dust. A little dusty. Same. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I, I, and I think that's because I approached it, like, expecting the movie musical. Right. And what I got was, like, I don't know, like, the textbook version right. of the story. I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I see what you mean, though. Mm-hmm. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So, finally, um, you and I have always, and this is the last question, so. Oh, okay. You and I have talked about creating a safe space for gamers within the 3VO community. Um because you and I, we, we, we've seen the, gatekeep, the, 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 the gatekeeping mm-hmm. that happens, the flat-out homophobia, mm-hmm. um, the, the racism, and just, like, the sexism that happens within the gaming community. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would like to give a message to anyone who has ever felt um, ousted by the gaming community, um, what, what would be your message to welcome them to the 3VO community? Uh, I would just say that um, we know that we are two white cisgendered males. Um but we're both very queer <laughs> um, uh, and we both have a lot to learn still ourselves, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but we are doing our utmost to keep ourselves accountable and that we would like to develop a safe space for all of those, you know, um, parties that you've mentioned and 
you know, we might not always be perfect, but we are always going to hold ourselves accountable. We will always apologize and we will always, um, you know, try to do better. Um, because I don't think I've always been perfect. No, I, you know, I, I don't think that either of us can say that we've always been perfect and yeah. like, uh, you know, super, um, on the straight and narrow when it comes to things like that. But we know that about ourselves and we are trying to do better and that we would like you to be here with us for that. And you can help us, help us make it a a better, you know, a better space, you know, because I mean, just to be perfectly honest, like, yes, I am a gay TM, but um, I have a lot of privileges afforded to me because I am white Mm -hmm. and male. Like, and that's just true. And sometimes that means I don't see things when they're fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We've all had that problem for sure. Exactly. Um, but acknowledging it is, I think, the first step. And then surrounding yourselves by with people that are of those, you know, ousted or ostracized parties and listening to them and helping uplift them when they say things are out of line or not right, that is our job, you know? So... Help us help you. <laughs> Love that. It's a beautiful yeah. answer. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, guys. So we have made it to the bonus round for this episode. So for this one, um, I have pulled directly from one of my favorite series when I was growing up. I was a big fan of the Inside the Actor Studio show. And they always have this series of questions that they kind of end things with. Um, it was originally taken oh. from a French interviewer named Bernard Pivot, I think is how you say it. My French is god awful, <laughs> and then got adapted by the late great uh, sir. Uh, that sir, he's he's now a knight. Um, the late great uh, James Lipton, who ran the show. So these are just some sort of just like basic, just like not quite lightning round questions, but just okay. sort of just like first thing that kind of comes to you. As oh, I okay, ask them, you know what I mean. This might be the closest I get to the actor studio, so I'm very excited. About this. <laughs> one day it'll happen. One day I believe in you. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So okay, Brendan, what's your favorite word? Squish. <laughs> you can relax. It's not like you don't have to go like immediately. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you're not just like just take a deep breath. Or okay, okay, okay. So squish. Yeah. Okay. I'm go with squish. <laughs> I like it. I get it. I understand <laughs> it. I also have favorite words that are just like just like saying them, which yeah. is I'm guessing squish is good. <laughs> squish is really good. <laughs> what's your least favorite word? Moist. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot these are here. Eh, it's all right. Brennan, what turns you on? Uh, like really? <laughs> <laughs> not not my fiance looking at me. Like, yeah, Brendan, what turned you on? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, honesty. There you go. So then, what turned you off? Uh, dishonesty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? What sound or noise do I love? Yeah. Hmm. I um I really like I really like the sound of um like water splashing like yeah. on on the shore. Oh god. Like yeah, when yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of quiet on the beach. Yeah. And like nothing else is happening, you're not hearing like birds or anything and it's just kind of serene and you just kind of hear the nice gentle lapping mm-hmm. of the waves. Yeah. So then what's that on noise do you hate? Um I do not like the sound of 
trying to think. Like the first thing that came to my head is like crying children, but that's a bad answer because children cry. Yeah, but if that's no, the but answer, children cry. Means... No, but children cry. Like that's not a good answer. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, this is your bonus round. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't like the sound uh, that every iPhone makes when the timer's going off. Because oh. it's everybody's timer sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it just, like, it makes it go, ah. And it's also my alarm ringtone, which is, like, my own bad, you know? But it it just sounds like panic. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I get that. I get that. No, I understand. Android has got a similar thing, which, like, with the alarm sound is a generic, like, sound. And anytime I hear it, I'm just like, time to go! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? I mean, fuck is an old standby pretty pretty good pretty good um we say it a lot on the podcast um i also really like uh, okay hermione moment but there's uh you can call somebody a fuckhead in latin it's one that i picked up in uh latin three what is it uh salaputium that's great though (laughs) yeah that's one that like someone even know that you said something Uh uh-huh that's fantastic it's really great to like whisper under your breath yeah Yeah. oh i love that (laughs) What's a profession other than the one you currently have that you would like to attempt? Uh, being an actor, because that's not the job I have right, right. now. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> like, uh, if we're being honest. Um, yeah, no, I would really, I'd really like to, like, um, do, like, professional theater. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily film. I like film. And if somebody yeah. was like, be in my movie, I would, of definitely course, do it, yeah. definitely do it. Um, but if I could, like drop all of my possessions and like move up to Oregon and do the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Like oh, that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. fucking dream. Yeah. What's a profession that you would absolutely not like to participate in? Um, <sighs> retail, anything retail, like never again. There you go. <laughs> like shout, shout out to all my retail workers. Like y'all make the world go round. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyone who and... worked customer service of retail or in restaurants during the pandemic, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, restaurants, um, like retail establishments, uh, fast food, food service in general, any of that, like y'all are the f- fucking champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I would never, I could never come yeah. yeah. And then finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Wow. That is a great question. One that I haven't ever thought of. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... So you wouldn't like me to go, you were wrong. <laughs> no, but like in that same vein, I think it would be cool if he was like, surprise! <laughs> or she, or they, or however. Whatever God are, is. Whatever God is. Um, <laughs> surprise! Yeah, come on, you know? <laughs> That's how it would go for me. <laughs> so she would like to just be like, no, I, 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 I am real. I'm, I'm but, real. But, but yeah. you, you, you can still come in. It's but fine. like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not like, surprise, bye. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know it was a little bit different than how we normally do things. I just wanted the opportunity to be able to ask Brendan some questions and get, hopefully give you guys the chance to get to know him a little bit better. Um, and if you enjoyed this or would rather us go back to our normal fo- format, <laughs> please let us know. And thank you so much for this interview, Jordan. It was really, really fun. And this was all your idea. And I think I, I had a blast really, with this. It was, I had so much fun. It was really great. Um, and I've never been interviewed before, so that was really cool. Yeah. Um, also, if you have any 
ideas for future episodes, you can always email us at 3VOPodcastTeam at gmail.com. And you can follow us on all of our social medias at 3VOPodcast. That includes Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. (laughs) We're one of the cool kids. Wow. (laughs) See you guys next time.